Hello, everybody, and welcome to our 2020 New York Film Festival review of On the Rocks. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week for us uh, was kicked off the New York Film Festival, which is another film festival that we are going to be uh, watching remote episodes for. Um, and so we're going to be covering some of those things. This week, we're also going to have a review of Enola Holmes. Um, so we can, you know, we'll be talking about something that you can watch uh, right now on Netflix. So that should be fun. Yeah. Well, and as the sequel to 99 Homes, it just seemed like fitting that we discuss it in this economic <laughs> climate. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, th th this is unlike the unlike the Toronto International Film Festival. These films are spread all over the place for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. No rhyme or reason, as far as I can tell. It doesn't even feel like a real festival. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's still one of the, and it's it's almost dangerous too because I'm I'm scared I'm going to miss one of the films just because I forget when it's supposed to be playing. Because um, the last time it was like every day or so we had our, I think yeah it was like every day and then we'd get like a break day yeah. somewhere where we'd record some episodes. Uh, but now it's going to be like hey, there's randomly a movie tonight. Let's talk about it. Um, so, but yeah, it should it should be nice. Um, still enjoying that uh, festival. Films are a thing still feeling that we've been getting for a while. <laughs> yep. But yeah, uh, this one on the rocks actually has a trailer this week. Um, so what do you say, Stephen, we get into this episode? Well, first you need to tell everyone, are you drinking something on the rocks right now? Do I need to tell? I need to tell them if I'm drinking something on the rocks. Yeah. 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 I, I am not, Stephen, because it's too hot <laughs> right now for there to it's be too ice. too hot for ice. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot, too hot to maintain ice. All my ice is gone. Yeah, well, I am not drinking anything on the rocks either. So we're not being thematically relevant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs> that's the end. Oh, well, um, we, uh, we're, we're, none of our stuff is on the rocks, but uh, this film is going to be on the rocks. Um, so we're going to take a listen to the trailer for On the Rocks, and then we're going to come back and give you all a review. Hi, Dad. Hey, kiddo. Oh, my gosh, do you look beautiful. Cliff, how's your mom's hip? Good, thanks. Good. He thinks you're my girlfriend. Bryce. Been busy? Yeah. Dean's traveling with clients all the time, and I'm just the buzzkill waiting to schedule things. Just, I'm so stuck. So Dean's going away a lot, huh? On business trips? Dad. Raise your hand if that sounds fishy. He's not like you. He's a good guy, a great dad. Sure, it's nature. Males are forced to fight, to dominate, and to impregnate all females. Maybe he's just not interested in me anymore. Impossible. A woman is at her most beautiful between the ages of 35 and 39. Great, so I have many months left. Felix, you're back in town. Been busy? Yeah. Got a lot going on. Do you? He should be worshipping the ground you walk on. And if he's doing something dishonorable, you need to know. What if Dean's just busy? I'm in a rut. That's it. I think we should follow him. What? I think you better see him in action. This is your idea of incognito? So this is the place to have an affair. It has the most exits. Exits on three streets. Can you just act a little less excited about this? Because this is my life. Oh. It might be falling apart. 
I don't know why women get plastic surgery. Because of men like you. I prefer the factory original. <laughs> yeah, and every other make and model. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Are there two? Oh, scared me. All right, so that was the trailer for On the Rocks. It is a about it is about a thirty something mother of two who begins to suspect that her husband may be cheating on her, and uh, teams up with her father, uh, who is a notorious womanizer, <laughs> to try to unveil the truth about uh, what may be going on. Stephen Miller, what did you think of On the Rocks? I think. It's interesting to imagine in a world where I were not in quarantine, how I would feel about this movie. Probably this would be a gentleman's like, fine, like pretty, you know, pretty good, (laughs) you know, not, not amazingly special, not really, you know, shooting for the moon or anything, but you know, it's nice. It's a Sofia Coppola movie in quarantine. I fucking love this movie. I I was so happy (laughs) to watch this movie. Um, And I, I think a part of that is it just has this sense of place. It felt like wealth porn plus New York porn. It was just like watching characters drive around the city at night and go to like fancy clubs and fancy restaurants and crowded bars and just like enjoy life. It Even, even though the subject is, you know, not particularly happy, this movie just had a, a lightness that really 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 worked on me like maybe fizziness is the word like it just felt kind of like effortless as a movie and i i just want bill murray to be my dad like like that is how i felt (laughs) watching this movie um i think it's interesting to see this as like a sequel to lost in translation i think that's an obvious way to imagine it just because bill murray is back bill murray here is a father who was somewhat neglectful and fell for someone much younger than his wife um you know it you can kind of see it as like what might a negative future look like for this person that we've been following and lost in translation um and i i just think bill murray nails the dad who is like, everything is kind of a joke. You know, he doesn't take anything too seriously, but he also is very earnest in his love for his daughter. Um, I I just found that dynamic extremely pleasant to watch. Like there's a scene where Bill Murray is teaching her daughters to do the poker face. That was like one of the cutest things I've seen (laughs) like all year. Um, And I I don't know. I, I just enjoyed spending time with this movie. Like I think Rashida Jones is really good. I kind of feel bad that... I've always liked her, but anytime she gets a leading role, something happens to make it be like direct to streaming. Like, I feel like I've never seen her get to anchor a thing that really got treated as like a real movie or a real TV show. Like she did Angie Tribeca and then that became like a, at least for me, I saw that all at once streaming on Yahoo or something. Like it never seemed to be like a real show. Um, But like, I, I think she's good. She plays off Bill Murray well. I think the drama in this film works on me. It's kind of like pre midlife crisis, like a relationship that has gotten kind of stagnant and the restless feeling that happens. I, I, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I thought it was well done. The mystery isn't that much of a mystery. I honestly didn't really care where it went. And I think I could have called where it lands at the end pretty early on, but just watching them go through it, I, I enjoyed it. I liked spending time in like the Upper East Side and they're downtown and they're going to like the 21 Club in Midtown and they're driving antique cars and 
having all of these extraordinarily privileged things that clearly are not relatable in any way. Um, <laughs> but the, just the, the the movie worked on me. It, it like completely worked on me in quarantine, even though I it didn't leave a very, very lasting impression. I was just extremely happy to watch it. So that that's kind of how I felt. I don't think I can justify this movie being great or anything, but I I really, really, really enjoyed my time watching it. My my initial reaction as the uh, film had just ended was, I think it's for all the wrong reasons, but I love this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I was incredibly charmed by Bill Murray in this film. Like he's obviously he he's like, what if you took a character who's clearly a toxic male, but you just made him charming as fuck and made him the most entertaining entertaining part of the film. <laughs> and yeah. and somehow m- maybe that's the thing is I know that that shouldn't work. And because it was I was enjoying it, it made it work even more because like I knew the trick it was pulling. But th- th- just Everything about his character was entertaining to me to no end. Like, I just loved every second he was on screen. And when he was not on screen, I wanted him back on screen. And it's funny that they, they um, the film is able to balance his bad side that is charming with this authentic love that he does have for his daughter. Like, he is mm-hmm. not the best father, but he truly wants the best for his daughter. And he knows all the ways he was or wasn't a a great father in the past but he still has that great love i mean the the opening to this film as you're coming out of like the fade from black is him talking to her as like a kid like talking about how much uh he loves her and how like i don't remember the exact line but it's something like you know like no one will ever be able to touch you because like i'll always be here for you or something whatever right and yeah just the way he glides in and out of her life on a daily basis like i do we know what he does for a living? I don't think we do. We just know that he has money and a driver and he can just show up at any time during the day and be like, hey, you want to go to lunch, kiddo? Let's do that. And there is something yeah. really endearing about their relationship. Um, like, obviously, they are, they are, like, they clearly have a really strong relationship um, as these two characters, but they're also doing these sort of bonding activities all wrapped within this, like, horrible situation that they're trying to do it and it's like you, yeah. it's there's something about like the the it's not it's not heist but it's like the the espionage aspect of this film was so great i, I would like i would watch if this was a series i would watch every every single episode and probably rewatch it just because i would love the day-to-day them just having to do some sort of hijinks together all of that i yeah. loved i i think the the real story as you kind of said like the story itself is is very very weak and where it goes i really don't think is the point like there are a few scenes where characters make some statements about things where you're like okay well that that clearly isn't a long enough sentence for this to be the thesis of the film but at least somebody's <clears throat> playing with ideas of 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 something in there but but i i think that this film is less a cautionary tale of what happens when a relationship uh is on the rocks and it's more a what if we just put these two people together and put them into situations where they can play together in this playground that is New York City? And then just like it. Yeah, it, I, I, I just I, I found it very, very enjoyable. And at the end of it, I was kind of like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why did I enjoy this as much as I did? Because it's kind of a nothing movie. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. It definitely is a playground. And I do, to the film's credit, I think the fact that it is a, there is a dramatic storyline hypothetically but it's really about these two characters finding an excuse to spend time together i think that is kind of the point it's like two people using sadness or some level of like misanthropy or whatever to like bond with each other and i think we we are never asked to take anything very seriously even though the characters are um and i i think it just works on that level like us just watching people it, it it feels like a like hypothetical midlife crisis. Like we know the movie that this could be if she is like, you know, profoundly obsessed with finding out what is happening. And like you could imagine a devastating movie about how terrible it is to be so you know to find yourself middle aged and with kids and everything that felt like a spark is no longer there and you're no longer in your prime anymore. Um, but this movie does not play that way at all. This movie plays like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that you know what that feeling is. So we're going to yada yada over it and enjoy the kind of... We're going to enjoy the... The feeling without talking about the feeling. We'll just enjoy like, yeah, of course. It's kind of like what Lost in Translation did with travel and kind of existential dread is like, yeah, you know what this feels like. So we're just going to make a movie about two people who find each other and go karaokeing. you know, like it'll be about the things you do to escape the feeling rather than about the feeling. Um, yeah. And I, I think that just worked very well for me, almost entirely due to Bill Murray. Like, like he is just perfect for this yeah. role. Obviously he kind of, the role is him. This is the kind of character he's been doing forever. Not just, Lost in Translation, but like Broken Flowers is another one, Life Aquatic. I feel like like the idea of him being this kind of like l lovable, but also distant figure, it, it just works for him perfectly. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed the kind of untold wealth of just the idea of like, you can do anything whenever you want. I just want to watch someone and I want to imagine someone in my life like showing up being like, hey, you're going out. You're going out right now. Come on. I, you know, I, I booked us a reservation at like the fanciest restaurant in the world. We're going to go have a drink there. Come, come on. Come on. Let's do it. Do it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just was, it was fun. And it felt perfectly time for quarantine to just have that kind of fizzy, enjoyable, imagine going out and just experiencing the world. Um, there were things I didn't feel really worked about his character and I just didn't mind them. Like there's a thing where he does a bunch of non sequiturs about like in the animal kingdom X, Y, Z, something was even in the trailer about that where he'll suddenly be talking about here's why monogamy is a lie. Here's why you can't expect a man to do this. I didn't really need that. I didn't necessarily believe that a character as charming and lovable as him would suddenly try to justify his behavior. I feel like he would just like be like, yeah, I'm a dick. Come on, let's go out. Let's go out drinking. But I think it was part of his, like, his whole thing is he's literally going to hit on every woman, no matter how old or young she is, and no matter, like, whether yeah. or not he knows her. Like, it's just, it's just part of his thing. And, and part of that is, like, I feel, it's, it's like, in that scene that's in the trailer, right, he, he finished that statement about, like, all, like, men's instinct is to just impregnate every woman they come across, or whatever the line was. And that line finishes with the server having just walked to the table to take their yep. drink order. <laughs> and I feel like his character didn't say that 
for his daughter to explain why men might cheat. He said it so that the waiter would walk over while he was saying like, like it was it was his own setup for that other situation with that running joke that continues on. Yep. Um, and, and it just so like for me, I totally bought it whenever he was doing that kind of stuff, because it was he like he knows that what he's saying shouldn't be received well, but he also knows that it will be received well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it's the magic, like he's doing sleight of hand, um, but it's like sleight of tongue. I don't know. <laughs> yep. And, and I mean, the it's older, gentle Bill Murray too, where the, like the love that he has does shine through very much in the movie in a way that I found extremely charming. Like there's a, there there are two watches in this movie and both of them gave me feelings like the symbolism of putting one on and taking one off in a way that I thought was really lovely. I think the way yeah. that he recurs in her life and the way that he doesn't take no for an answer and the film knows that that can be a toxic trait, but for her knowing everything she knows about him, she's able to manage that and like enjoy that aspect of him. I I, I I'd feel weirder too if this movie wasn't directed by a woman. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, it does give me a little bit more faith of like, hey, okay, you're you're like playing with these issues in a way where you're you're kind of exploring the gray area of like, yeah, this guy is kind of an asshole in many respects, but also he is lovable, and like, you can have both at the same time. Yeah, um, I mean, that, that's why yeah. I said like, my first thought was like, I think I like that for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I, I will say there's a a third act um, change of scenery that felt more like a TV show to me than like a movie. Like it felt a little bit too like, OK, I, I guess this is what we're doing now. Uh, but yeah. I didn't care at that point. I was so on board with what the movie was doing. I'm like, take me anywhere. As long as I've got Bill Murray singing, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this isn't a thought I had while watching the film, but it's a thought I've had like while we've been talking about it. What I what I really want is this film crossed with. Do you remember the do you remember the movie Red? Um, yeah. yeah, I want this except for Bill Murray is a retired spy and on one of the like play dates with his daughter, <laughs> they get stuck in a spy business. Right. So it's like it's basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be great. Um, so <laughs> also, I'm, this makes me want to go I'm back and rewatch The Man Who Knew Too Little because that movie's great, too. Yep. Yeah. I have not seen that in a while either. Yeah. It just has a. It's funny because it, it really is just the characters that, that make me appreciate the movie because you mentioned the spy aspect of this, like the espionage. And I would say this movie only very lightly touches that. Like it doesn't indulge in it to the degree that you kind of think it might from the trailer of like, this is going to be nonstop, you know, keep getting higher and higher stakes and snooping around. And it's more like they're snooping... And then they're just talking and sitting around drinking and then they're snooping again. And then they're talking about their history. Like the, the movie doesn't need to go anywhere, but if it were a pure espionage movie, I would still love it. Like it could be all plot or it could be no plot and it wouldn't yeah. even matter because it's just about these two people. I, I will say too, there was the opening of this movie. Um, it basically begins with a wedding and then immediately after a wedding and then does a kind of hard cut into life fast forwarded with kids 
Um, and I think it did a really good job of setting the tone right off the bat from that. It kind of is like, here are the stakes. This is the drama. We're going to show it to you. So then when the rest of the movie is just characters talking, you're going to feel like you know enough about the life already to fill in the blanks. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that. And I do think there's a scene early on, kind of the inciting incident that Marlon Wayans, I think, plays very well. Uh, it's kind of an ambiguous moment that can be read multiple ways. And it's just enough to believe that Rashida Jones would be like, fuck, I need to investigate more without being like, this guy is just a monster who we believe is a monster from the get-go. Um, yeah. I, I think that was a really well done scene. Well, let's, let's be honest. I mean, if there is a thesis for this film, it's don't listen to fucking other people in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think I think everything is escalated not by her own imagination, but by the people she talks to about the situation. Right. That's true. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that's probably going to do it for this review. Then let's get to verdicts. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give the same must see record of the caveat, wait for until pass of the caveat or must avoid. What would you give it? I've been wondering if I'm really going to go all the way to must see, because I do think this is. I'm not going to say empty calories because I think this is like a good adult comedy drama. Like, I think it has plenty to offer there. Um, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going with my quarantine brain. It's a must see. I found it <laughs> incredibly charming. I'm so happy to see a new Sofia Coppola movie, especially one anchored by Bill Murray. That That is just great to see. Um, I didn't mention this, but the soundtrack by Phoenix I thought was great. That also just put me in like a good mood. It's all kind of leisurely... I, I, it, it all is one vibe which is like we are just hanging out together for a few hours and I, w I wanted that like Bill Murray can take me anywhere so probably if I were being more objective this is like a recommend with a caveat maybe even rental territory like I do think it's kind of it's a very minor uh, film I don't feel like it is doing a whole lot but it just worked on me too well so I'm gonna go all the way with it yeah, so I, I'm not going to give it that quarantine bump. I'm just going to give it a record of the caveat. Um, like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I also don't know if there's a lot there that it's going to stick with me other than remembering <laughs> Bill Murray's performance in the film and that like father-daughter relationship, the way it was portrayed in this. Um, but I still had a fun time with it. I just, it's, I don't think it's a lasting film for me that I will need to or feel the desire to return to in the future. But it was definitely worth the $15 or whatever it was to, to rent it for the festival. So, yep. Cool. Uh, well, that is going to do it for our review of On the Rocks. Stephen, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilTheWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will maybe come from the soundtrack, or at least uh, we'll, we'll find a track that was played in it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that is this review. Um, that's all for this week, um, at least, um, for the festival things. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are about to go record a review of Anola Holmes. So put your thinking cap on and your smoking pipe 
and uh, except for it was like a kids movie, so they didn't have any of that. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. Uh, we'll talk to you in a second. Bye. Bye. <laughs>